It had seemed a good idea to Saffron at the time. A quiet getaway all on her own. She could escape from Max, escape from work, her parents, London. Everything, basically. She would leave it all behind and enjoy a few days of rural bliss in a Suffolk village while she worked out what on earth she was going to do. Baker's Cottage had looked delightful online, the perfect place to enjoy some peace and solitude. With its thatched roof and double frontage painted the colour of vanilla ice cream, it was like something from a children's storybook, a warm, welcoming place, she imagined, with home-baked muffins cooling on a tray and the softest, most blissfully enveloping beds. The photo on the website had obviously been taken in the summer, and showed a front garden full of colour, tall lupins and delphiniums, bright cornflowers and scarlet poppies, and, yes, sprays of white roses climbing around the door. She could practically smell their fragrance as she spontaneously clicked her mouse and made the booking. Several hours later, an email pinged in from the owner, one Mr Sykes. I'll leave the key under the map. Full instructions for everything else in a folder inside. Have a splendid new year. Yours, Bernie. After living in London for 17 years, the thought of leaving a door key anywhere other than safely in a handbag close to your body felt completely alien. How charming, she thought. How heartwarmingly trusting. Ha! More fool her. She should have known such slapdash arrangements could only mean trouble. It was dark when she arrived, and she had to drive around Larkmead several times before eventually spotting the sign reading Pear Tree Lane, half-covered in shrubbery. There was no proper street lighting, so she crawled along the road, headlights blazing, peering blindly at the shadowy houses on either side. Then, once she'd finally found the cottage itself, she lifted the mat to find a complete absence of keys. Off to a great start. Two fruitless phone messages later, she was grateful for the helpful neighbour who produced a spare key. But once inside, it took only seconds before the cold water of disappointment poured all over her. In reality, the cottage was a lot less delightful than she'd anticipated. Damp, cold and clammy, as if no living human had set foot inside for weeks on end. Her nose wrinkled at the mildewy smell as she poked her head first into the small, cosy, beige living room with its old stone hearth, then the even smaller, compact, galley kitchen with a couple of desiccated pot plants by the sink and a dripping tap. Upstairs were two chilly bedrooms with moth-eaten velvet curtains and a very turquoise bathroom. It was a far cry from the boutique hotels she occasionally stayed in for work purposes, she thought, regretfully. No sign of a monsoon shower or luxury bedding under this roof. Still, she'd made her bed, now she had to lie on it, as her mum would say, with or without the expensive Egyptian cotton sheets. Once she'd dumped her case upstairs and unpacked her provisions in the fridge, she located the folder Bernie had mentioned and worked out how to turn the heating on. The boiler obediently rumbled into life. The radiators began valiantly belting out heat, 
and she found her spirits lifting a little as she made herself a cup of tea and sank into the squidgy cord sofa. Maybe this would be okay after all. She had warmth, she had solitude. Her phone was off, and her out-of-office email reply was on. She didn't have to do a single thing now for three whole days, except relax, go for long walks in the countryside, read books, and sleep. Oh yes, and maybe make a few big decisions about what exactly she was going to do about Max and the terrible discovery she'd made on Christmas Eve. But not now. That could wait. Saffron's temporary peace and tranquility didn't last long. Not even the night.